Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. So today we're going to talk about infections, infections that can affect fertility. Obviously sexually transmitted diseases are the ones we are concerned about predominantly. They are the classic infections of gonococcus, which is not very prevalent in our society, in fact, quite very rare. But in some communities in Asia, it is more prevalent. The issue with gonococcal infection is twofold. In the female, it can cause inflammation in the fallopian tubes, leading to scarring and to permanent damage to the lining of the fallopian tube and even totally blocking the tube with the adhesions that form. Whenever we suspect pelvic infection, we look for gonococcal, the gonococcal bug. But as I say, in Australia, we rarely find it. Gonococcus can also have affected males. Obviously, they may carry the bug and transmit it to the female but they themselves can have infection that extends into the vas deferens, the tube that that takes the sperm from the testicle to the penis and block that off. The treatment for gonorrhea is very straightforward in the acute phase of simple antibiotics, penicillin being the standard, although there are now forms of of gonococcus that are resistant to that antibiotic and other antibiotics have to be used. In the acute infection, it's rare for damage to occur to either of the vas deferens or the fallopian tube, provided it is treated early. It's the chronic infection that causes the damage. The second infection that we go looking for is chlamydia. That's far more prevalent in our community. And although it declined when condoms were being used on a regular basis because of avoidance of HIV, it appears the incidence is increasing as the risks of HIV have become less. So chlamydia, again, can infiltrate through the uterine cavity into the fallopian tubes and cause adhesions and scarring in the fallopian tubes, leading to something called a hydrosalpinx, where the tube is blocked and it fills up with fluid, which we can see on ultrasound or at laparoscopy. We pretty routinely measure levels of chlamydia antibodies in the blood when we're investigating an infertile couple. That test is not very sensitive because you can have chlamydia infection that are not in the pelvis. You can have a chest infection caused by chlamydia. You can have eye infections caused by chlamydia. So just because there's a positive test doesn't necessarily mean it's a sexually transmitted disease. Treatment of chlamydia is again pretty straightforward. Single tablet of something called az- azithromycin really knocks it on the head. The important thing, however, is to know that it's being treated in the acute phase, not in the chronic phase. The problem with chlamydia 
however, is that it's asymptomatic. There's no real discharge that's obvious. So getting it early is actually quite tricky. Studies have shown that uh, women that are positive for chlamydia, when it's tested but with uh, the time of a pelvic infection episode, uh, some 60% will have damage to their fallopian tubes. And it's more likely to be damaging if there's a repeated infection. So chlamydia these days is probably the silent epidemic that uh, causes infertility in a, in a number of patients. And silent meaning that the symptoms are minimal. And we find it on when we go to investigate tubal patency and discover that the tubes are damaged. Unfortunately, the damage to the tube is not repairable. If there's a blockage, we certainly can, with microsurgery, remove the damaged segment and restore the plumbing. However, the fallopian tube is more than just uh, the plumbing. The lining of the fallopian tube produces a whole pile of important nutrients for the embryo because that's where the embryo is created. That's where fertilisation occurs. It's in the fallopian tube and if the embryo stays in the fallopian tube for four or five days before it makes its way to the uterus to implant. And during that time, the nutrients that come from a normal lining make all the difference. So when it's damaged, fertilization may not occur and growth of the embryo may not occur. And, and probably most importantly, a embryo can be stuck in the fallopian tube and produce an ectopic pregnancy which can be a grave problem if hemorrhage occurs. The third sexually transmitted disease that we talk about is HIV. Now, HIV in itself does not reduce fertility. However, HIV transmission from the male partner to the female partner or vice versa is an issue for their general health. And if a female has HIV, and does get pregnant, there is the, the issues around the baby having been infected with HIV. In the 21st century, antiviral medications now proving to be very successful in terms of reducing the overall illness that come that used to come with HIV and the number of deaths of, from HIV have, have fallen dramatically if people are able to be treated properly. And it's also led to the opportunity of patients who have HIV to have children and to have children safely. So the world has improved the outlook for patients with HIV. When an infertile couple comes to see me, we do check for those infections because they may be playing a part in the reason why the couple have infertility. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 